Soundstripe. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Black Med Connect podcast, affectionately known as the BMED podcast, where we share inspiring stories of Black physicians and physicians in training. Are you interested in learning more about the journey to MedPsych? Do you even know what MedPsych is? I know for some, this is going to be an exciting opportunity to learn about how to become a physician trained in two specialties. And we're going to be joined by Dr. Robert Goswells, a dear friend who will share more about his journey through medicine, his lived experiences, and much, much more. This is part two of his episode. Let's jump right in. Would you mind just breaking down a little bit? What will your training as an internal medicine psych resident look like? Can you explain how many years it will be and and kind of what you're expecting? Because you're starting here soon, July 1, right? <laughs> yes, right. Yes. I just got my schedule the other day. I'm actually starting off with, well, let me talk about the uh, training first. This is a five-year program. A lot of times programs will kind of separate the internal medicine part and the psych part. But here at SIU, you get integrated with both. And so with most programs, you have that X plus Y scheduling. And so I will start off with internal medicine and then I'll have clinic. And then I will go to my next specialty, which is most likely something that's psych oriented. I haven't seen my whole schedule yet. And you pretty much interchange between the two, generally speaking, as opposed to separating both specialties and kind of training one and then training the other. Got it. Got it. Well, I'm sure you're excited about it. What was the interview season like? You know, I had a listener ask a question about, you know, you mentioned interview season in the first episode or in the previous mm -hmm. episode. Like for us as physicians, we all go through what's called interview season during our medical school training and during our fourth year or our final year if we're in a dual degree program. And we go to the, well, pre-pandemic, you physically would go to each program and do interview days with them get to know them, learn about the institution, share what your goals are. And then now with the pandemic, most of these things are virtual. So you're doing lots of virtual interview days. So I'm just curious, what was it like for you during interview season as you were, you know, hoping to, and at that point hadn't matched yet or gotten linked up to the program you're going to be in, but what was that interview experience like for you? Yes, it was very unique, you know, since I'm doing med psych, so there are about 12 programs overall with about 22 spots. This includes SIU, uh, Duke, University of Iowa, just all over. Mostly in places I didn't really want to live. No offense. You know, every place is amazing, but what? it has their own good events. You didn't want to come you know? to Duke, my old old stomping ground at Duke? <laughs> No, I'm just teasing. Oh, no, no. It was more so, uh, no, 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 no. It was more so Iowa. Like, I like Iowa, but I wanted to possibly get out the Midwest or stay where I was at. So I was lucky. <laughs> um, but I also applied to 20 different internal medicine programs, 20 different psychiatry programs, and I think five different family and community medicine programs. There are five that were really strong when it comes to HIV and STI clinics, and there were special curriculums that I was looking at. So that's how it was. And so I had, so after you apply, we had our whole, our set of interviews. And so I had, what was it? 15 interviews overall. Yeah. Which is honestly not that much, but better than I thought, you know, 
Fun fact, everybody out there, I had to take step three or step two three times. Mm, okay. Okay. Let's, well, I want to jump into that, but I don't want to interrupt this train of thought if you don't mind sharing. So let's talk a little more about the interview trail. And then we'll, if you don't mind, talk about what yeah. you do to overcome your challenges yeah. with this testing too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I ended up applying uh, to those programs and the interviews went really well. I think the video interview really lends itself to how you present yourself, you know, and so what I mean by that is what your background looks like. You know, that is what your personality is. That is kind of complements who you are as an individual. And that's all you have to go off of since it's all video, you know. You also have to spend a lot of time working or not working, but talking with the residents, really getting to understand and see how they interact with each other on video calls, what their backgrounds look like, their body language. You know, you have to be much more observant. Right. So you, you know? have to take into account, you know, you can't you can't relax. You got to be up, be up, you know, energetic yeah. and try to. Get your energy to show through the screen. So, yeah, you're speaking to exactly. you know, anybody interviewing soon. These are some good tips if they're virtual interviews. <laughs> Definitely. Make sure your background speaks to who you are, no matter what that is. Before, I actually had a couple of my trumpet mouthpieces in the background. You know, people I have my keyboard and, you mm -hmm. know, things like that. And so the interviews went really well. It was a bit tough because my personal statement centered around my HIV status and the story behind all of it. And so I did that for two reasons. I wanted a school that was going to celebrate me not only as a black man, not only as a gay man, but a man that has this stigmatized, you know, historically status, you know? And so I wanted to have all, leave everything on the table, just put all the cookies out there. And that's, a, I mean, again, some people ask that question, I actually get that question a lot from students who are applying to med school. You know, what should I put in my personal statement? What should I leave out? And I love your approach to be very open and to share and to put that out there so you can find the best fit for you, too. Because I think applicants mm -hmm. forget, regardless of what specialty you're applying to or if you're applying just from the college to med school transition, you're mm -hmm. looking for schools that fit you as well, not just can you get accepted. It's a two way street. And so I love that, you know, said, let me be very transparent about my personal lived experience and see which programs fit for me. So I love that. Yes. Like all those out there who are either applying to a residency program right now or to medical school, be yourself and be yourself boldly. If you're going to be, be great. You know, for my interest, I put, what was it? Music, documentaries, and horror movies. And my partner was just like, why are you putting down horror movies? And I'm like, because that's what I like. That's my interest. And funny enough, a lot of the people that interviewed me asked me about horror movies. Exactly. We look at those interests. You know, we really do. I remember as a chief doing interview time, like, you know, something would jump out at you. Like, I like traveling to go, you know, mountain climbing. You're like, whoa, you do mountain climbing, right? It's just something that makes you stand yeah. out as an individual. So I love that. <laughs> yeah. So people out there, another thing, you are not as boring as you think. I promise you. Okay. You are cool and interesting and someone that people want to know. Remember yes, that. I Remember who that. you are. I love that. I love that. So we talked about your interviews a little bit. And what was it like on match day for you? You know, the day where we all kind of find out what program we'll be going to, the program that we rank our program list and then programs rank their list. And 
you know, the chips kind of fall where they may, but ultimately we all hope mm-hmm. and pray that we match. And even for those who don't, they get opportunities to, to try to do something called the soap, which we can get into in another episode. But tell me about what was match day like for you? Oh man, it was uh, very magical. I cried, man. I cried hard, boy. I'm the, <laughs> the best, the best It was terrible, you know, <laughs> but it is a full circle thing. You know, in this whole process, I learned how to love myself fully and unapologetically and getting that letter and knowing that I'm getting into the program that I wanted to get into. I've never felt so good. You know, it felt like the work paid off. Yes. So, so well deserved. So well deserved. Yes. Do you, okay. So thinking about kind of in the future and you've already alluded to it through your story and through your journey, how do you see yourself impacting medicine? What impact do you hope to have? And what are some things that as you move into residency that you're interested in pursuing? Yeah. So I think I tell this to everybody, especially those who are minorities. The fact that you are in the room, in the building, you know, that is an act of defiance in terms of the norms and the stereotypes. And just doing that makes a difference to a lot of the residents and the other attendings, everybody around you. You know, you'll be surprised as a minority physician or med school student at how many kids, how many adults, how many people in general come up to you and say, wow, you are the first black doctor or you're the first black med student, you know, I've ever met, you know? And so just that part right there is something that you want to pat yourself on the back about, you know, or back, back, excuse me. But outside of that, my dream at the end of the day, I would love to have my own private clinic continuity of care clinic specifically, where half time I am working with those with chronic diseases. So not just HIV, but those with hep B, hep C also possibly have some type of, um, I gotta be careful how I say this drug use disorder program, because a lot of that is also associated with chronic illnesses. Yes. Substance abuse program. I want to be careful how I say it because it's still, some of it's still not legal. Anyway, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, just for our audience, I think this is an important point, right? When we think about drug use and addiction, Mm -hmm. I think there's a stigma on that too. So I'm all, I try to be cautious and say substance use disorder because it's also a medical condition. It's not just like you said earlier, it's not always about morals. It's about, you know, Mm -hmm. the medical complications of substance abuse and substance use, as I would say. So great point. So it sounds like you have an idea for continuity clinic for chronic illnesses. And then you were going to say the other portion of the time I'm assuming would be like mental health and therapy, or is that what you kind of see? Yes. Yes. I would like to also act as the patient psychiatrist as well, as well as their primary care slash infectious disease doctor. What we see in a lot of the research that those who have some type of medical care home have tend to have better outcomes. They tend to stay on their medications longer. They tend to have more positive outcomes with their medications and they tend to be more adherent, you know? So if you can provide that for patients, they're much more likely to do better, you know? Are you interested in taking a deeper dive with Black Med Connect? Then join our Black Med Connector newsletter. Each week, you'll hear more about our guests and go behind the scenes to get a deeper dive into their careers. You will get the professional productivity word of the week. 
And you'll get to see and learn more about amazing physicians doing wonderful things in entrepreneurship and innovation. So head on over to BMED Connect, bmedconnect.com slash podcast and join the Black Med Connector newsletter. Back to the episode. Tell me a bit about your institution. Do you, when you think about the training you're going to receive and the faculty, can you share a little bit about who have been your role models as you kind of navigated this journey and thinking even about your future journey? I had a lot of amazing individuals. One that stands out to me is Dr. Panday. Shout out to Dr. Panday. He's also another uh, med psych resident. Uh, he's one that has always treated me as someone who can. You know, a lot of times I've found in medicine, people think that because you are an African-American or because you are a minority in general, that they have to kind of take it easy on you or they can't hold you to the same standard. And Dr. Pandy has always been that individual to push me. You know, if I wasn't doing something right during my clinical years, um, rotation, excuse me, he was very uh, firm yet loving. You know, that's something that was a lot to me. My other one is Dr. Bodum. She is actually my current mentor, and she's someone that is also another queer individual and has been doing this since the inception of MedPsych, and she is the former chairperson of, or not the chairperson, but a former department lead of the MedPsych program. So she has been a really big mentor to me as well. Awesome. Well, shout out to your amazing mentors. I'm sure they're going to keep steering you as you go here. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, you kind of alluded th to this, too. We've talked a lot about, you know, being you and being yourself. And we talked about what it takes to be a individual in medicine from a historically underrepresented background. You know, can you provide some advice or even any examples of times where you had to really stand in your identity and, you know, stand up for yourself or even for others or patients? Can you share any insight into any experiences that you may have had as a black male medical student as well? Yes, actually. There was one incident in which it's actually, again, who you are that makes a difference. And this is a good example of this. I was preparing to start my clinical rotation for family medicine. And after we got done with our orientation, we were headed outside and, you know, doing our exiting conversation. And as this was happening, there was a family that started arguing and fighting within the parking lot. And so it was a mother, her husband, and their child who was fighting with another woman. I don't know over what. It's none of my business. But it got physical. And so I ran over there as a medical student, mind you, and said, hey, y'all need to break this up. Y'all need to go that way. Person number two, you need to go that way and drive away. They are calling the police and you need to get out of here. So... In the middle of all of that, there was a knife that was dropped. And so I calmly picked up the knife, put it in my pocket, you know, safely and watched them drive away. And as the police came up, you know, just, hey, it is what it is. They said, hey, sir, what happened? Can you tell me what happened? I was like, nothing happened. Everything's good. Everything's fine. Yes. You know, and so <laughs> you know, I like to use this story to illustrate how important you are as a black physician. Folks will look up to you, whether they know you are a physician or not. As long as you have that white coat, they're going to look up to you and listen to you. And you have to treat that responsibility with a lot of respect and care and humbleness. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I love that because you're so right. I think it's just that your presence, they're like, oh, wait, 
you know, you're right. I don't want the authorities to come and get involved in this situation. So you were able to de-escalate that situation, you know, right oh, yeah. away. So kudos to you for even getting in the middle of it too and mm-hmm. helping to de-escalate that situation for sure, for sure. Well, yeah. any parting words of wisdom that you would like to share before we jump into our bolus round? Is there anything else you'd like to share with our audience? I think you've shared your journey so graciously and I'd love to just... If you have any other words before we jump into our bolus round, I'd love to hear what you think. You are enough. That's it. You are enough. You don't need to compare yourself to those who are doing research, Serge, who are doing more or less volunteering than you. What you bring to the medical school, what you bring to the residency program is enough. And number two, do not allow yourself to co-switch a lot. Of course, we have to because it is what it is, but allow yourself to be your authentic Black self. You know, if someone asks you what your favorite song is and, you know, hey, it's Leanne LaHavas or it's it's Kendrick Lamar, et cetera, et cetera. You know, the point is be your authentic black self and let them get used to you. Exactly. Exactly. We deserve to take up space just like everyone else does. (laughs) Exactly. I'm so sorry. Yeah. Third part. Understand and know your black history and your black medical history. Us Hmm. as black people in the medical field. A lot of times when we're talking about black issues, you know, the usual social determinants of health, you may sometimes get a lot of pushback from those who aren't as familiar, especially those who may not even be from America. And that's normal. And so be that beacon of light where you show them what being authentically yourself is, but also understanding your history and being able to speak on that in terms of why we are who we are today as a country and society. I absolutely love that because the social drivers of health really account for 80% of our health. I don't think people realize when we talk about social determinants, Mm -hmm. we're talking about issues outside of your medical diagnoses that contribute to your health. And that can be housing, that can be education, that can be economics, that can be transportation. All of those things contribute to our health and well-being, our environment. And so I love that you said, Use your lived experience to help guide others and to help others navigate and make sure they have all the insight they can get when taking care of patients. So I love I love your part three as well. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely. All right. So we are going to jump into what is called our bolus round. Okay. So the <laughs> the bowlers round for those who may not have listened or if this is your first episode listening is our rapid fire Q&A round where we ask our guests some fun questions to, you know, get to know their preferences and choices in life and really to have some debate too. We call it the bowlers round because a bolus is when we give fluids rapidly to a patient in an emergency situation. So they could be dehydrated or have experienced a trauma where they're losing a lot of blood, but we want to keep their blood volume up. So we give them fluids quickly. So that's why we call it the bolus round. So Dr. Robert Goswells, are you ready for the bolus round? Let's go. All right. All right. So my first question to you is, are you a butter in your grits or sugar in your grits person? Oh, sugar in your grits, sugar and cinnamon. The way that God wow, intended okay. Wow, cinnamon too. That's a first. <laughs> Absolutely. Wait, what about you? I am definitely butter. 
Oh, butter. And down, oh, you know, come on. I'm a southern southerner. Butter, absolutely. <laughs> savory, savory. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I'll be that Yankee on the call. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Now, I know the answer to this because I've known you long enough, but do you say soda or pop? Pop. Ah, no, 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 pop. no, no, no. It's soda. Powder. Yeah. What is a soda? What What is that? Carbonated beverage? <laughs> <laughs> What's a pop? A three-letter word that stands for a carbonated beverage. Of- <laughs> uh, I love that. I love that. All right. If you had to choose only one rapper to listen to for the rest of your life, who would it be? Oh, man. Okay. Uh, this is going to sound bad, but Kid Cudi. Okay. Okay. Why Kid Cudi? Because of who I was in my former life. I, I appreciate his candor when it comes to rapping. He's very open and honest about who he is as an individual, his own experiences and who he is. And that's something that I've always found comforting. Number two would probably be Kendrick Lamar. And number three is Lupe Fiasco. Awesome. Fantastic. All right. Okay. So we got the rappers in there. Now, what is your favorite melanated movie? Only one. Only one. Class act. We can in play. Mm-hmm. All right, class act. That's a throwback. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, we went back and watched it. Like all those movies, we were like, oh my gosh, the 90s were so problematic. Oh my God. <laughs> 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 oh man, that and Baby's Kids. Man. Oh yeah. Man. 90s. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. Love it. Love it. Love it. All right. If you could only meet one prominent figure, they could still be here or gone on. Who would you want to meet for a day? Bayard Rustin, easily. For those of you who don't know, he was a prominent figure and activist within the civil rights movement. But the cool thing about him was he was gay, you know, and that's not something that you really hear a lot about when you talk about civil rights movement. You know, a lot of the queer representation, not just Angela Davis you know, or James Baldwin, but Bayard Rustin. He's one of the individuals who helped actually plan the Million Man March. And he's just an amazing orator and singer. Yeah, no, I appreciate you giving us a history lesson. I think everybody can go and learn more about him. I love that. All right, two questions left. All right, if you had one vacation destination, where would you go? Only one vacation destination. Uh... I would say probably uh, um, Okinawa, Japan, or Harajuku, Japan. Um, wow. Tell us more. Tell us why. I, That's amazing. <laughs> I, yes, yes. Um, I've always been enamored with Japanese history without getting into the details, but their inception all the way up to who they are now is very different from a lot of the Western cultures that you meet or that you learn about. And that has always been something that stood out to me. Um, Nihongo desu. Because, man, you can't go there and not know how to speak Japanese. But, uh, yeah, I would say that. Awesome. And then I lied. I have two more questions. But I wanted you to rep whatever organizations you would like. You can shout out any organizations at this point so we can give them some love. Oh, of course. Okay, shout out to, again, the March 100, founded in 1946 by Dr. William P. Foster, a native of Kansas City, Kansas. Come on. Number two is the uh, outfit. Right, Dr. Foster. (laughs) Number two is uh, Sigma, Phi Beta Sigma Fraternity Incorporated, Alpha Eta Chapter, also uh, Eta Psi Sigma Chapter, graduate chapter here in Springfield, Illinois. Fantastic. Well, shout out to your organizations. Of course, I have to shout out the lovely ladies of Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated 
and the Margin 100. I give you another shout out too. And then your favorite Black-owned restaurant. If anybody's in your area, tell us what would be your favorite restaurant or where you would take individuals who come to your city. Jerk to Go is this amazing restaurant. It's a Jamaican and other Caribbean cuisine. One of the few Black-owned restaurants here in Springfield. Uh, amazing different takes on traditional Jamaican meals. So it's one place I like to tell people to go. And there's a center place called Replay Lounge. They have a lot of great Creole and Cajun food. Also really great Black-owned business. So, man, if you came through, I'd probably take you there. Awesome. Well, hopefully some people get to stop by in Springfield and eat some amazing food. So, well, Mm -hmm. I just want to say thank you, thank you, thank you again for joining me on this episode. Again, Dr. Robert Goswell, your journey is amazing, and I can't wait to see what you do as you progress through residency and beyond. So thank you again for joining us. And for those who may not know, check us out at bmedconnect.com. You can check out all of our episodes there and also subscribe to our social media, whether that be Instagram or TikTok or Twitter, wherever you you know like to hang out on social. Black Med Connect is the handle you can follow. And until next time, always remember to dream without limits. All right. Have a good one. You too. You have a good day. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode with Dr. Robert Goswills. We wish him the best of luck along his journey as a new intern in med psych. We know he's going to do amazing things. And if you'd like to learn more from Dr. Robert Goswills, subscribe to him on all social media platforms. Or if you need to send us a DM, DM us on Instagram at Black Med Connect, and we can also share his information as well. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe to the Black Med Connect YouTube channel and listen on all podcast platforms. Comment below, what do you want to see for some of our future episodes coming up? We look forward to hearing from you. Until next time, always remember to dream without limits. Bye. Soundstripe.